When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. What's shaking, baby? Did you know that Dr. Seuss is like a racist now? <laughs> yeah, that is the news. I this, mean, well, it's not news. People I, have been talking about it for yeah, a long time. Here, I'm going to retract my statement. No, not now. Did you know that people are talking about dr seuss being a racist i did always i did know about this <laughs> like i knew about this i knew about the five books being taken out of print yeah man i don't know how i feel about that i mean the ones that they took out of print were like explicitly racially insensitive imagery like right, like right, right. very bad stereotypes are the sneeches included i don't think that is one that of them. shit is racist the ones that are being taken out of print are ones i hadn't heard of or like wasn't super familiar like with. like yertle the turtle no that one's still in print that one's racist <laughs> We're laughing, but like seriously, but, uh, yeah. So that that is the news. There's lots of news this week. Hilaria Baldwin had a had another child, a yeah. sixth a sixth child, another Spaniard. She born into the family. <laughs> I think I think they had it via surrogate, but they're not talking about it. A little confusing, but you know, blessings to her and her Baldwin fam. <laughs> her and alec adding to their very large brood large clan can you imagine being ireland baldwin and just like watching this unfold before you no and you have, like, infinite siblings no. coming your way <laughs> can you imagine no <laughs> pop culture all aside we're talking about someone very specific today who has also been in the pop culture circulation this week indeed uh we'll talk about him in a second but first and foremost yes the room is different we are in a different room we're in a different place a different space man a different space and time yeah so usually we record in my dining room now we're recording in my office in a different apartment in a you're different that part. place <laughs> in a different place i moved we're still in pasadena all is well <laughs> in case my, anyone was concerned <laughs> I my uh, and wanted to come visit so really quick you guys my address is <laughs> <laughs> i have the address <laughs> send me mail <laughs> <laughs> yeah send us fan mail <laughs> uh but anyway let us know if this sounds bad or good or whatever yeah. i don't know the power really rests in your little nimble fingers does it because there's nowhere else to go that's true ooh, ooh baby uh who are we talking about today man oh we're talking about one of the faves yeah big he, fave <laughs> he was in he was uh, he made a, quite a stir on instagram yes because uh, he week. was he was photographed shirtless shirtless and i think it was the daily mail was like jonah hill is shirtless well i guess the, that's british would be like jonah, jonah hill, hill is shirtless, shirtless. on the beach <laughs> <laughs> oh look at him with his body look with his, his body how dare he how oh, dare he take and up and he was like hey actually i've been self-conscious about my body for a long fucking time and mm -hmm. my weight has fluctuated a lot but like yeah. i really like myself so fuck off 
He yeah. didn't say that, but yeah, that's that was the gist. He's getting a lot of praise. Well deserved. Well deserved. I will say though, so many other people and so many <laughs> others, specifically like BIPOC women, have been saying the same exact thing yeah. for many days. I think it's because you never hear men talk about it that's right you never hear men talk about and it and especially Jonah has been shit on for his weight for a long time a long time so. and he's let it happen for a long time he hasn't been he hasn't been able to say anything and i think yeah, there's he's something just been like ha ha my I mean, body is the better the joke uh, ha, ha, ha. but i think there's power in being able to stand up for yourself and say i looked hot on a yacht what the fuck i do agree you do <laughs> i agree i've been nominated for two oscars come at me i'm one of the highest paid actors Come at me. <laughs> Look at my skin, dog. <laughs> Look at my skin. Look at my skin. <laughs> uh, oh, Monica, yes. tell us about Jonah. We are talking about Jonah fucking Hill today. Jonah Hill Feldstein, big comedy daddy, brother to Beanie. Yes, that's right. Beanie Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Beanie baby Feldstein. <laughs> and Seth Rogen's muse, hot man, hot rider, body, posse icon, as we just said. Jonah's an American actor, director, producer, screener, and comedian. Shit, I got uh, winded. <laughs> he does so much. He's known for his comedic roles in films, including Superbad, Knocked Up, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Funny People, and 21 Jump Street, as well as his dramatic performances in Moneyball and The Wolf of Wall Street, both of which earned him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. More importantly, he worked at Hot Rod Skateboard Shop on Westwood Boulevard, baby, right. in Los <laughs> fucking Angeles. LA. LA, baby. He is a West Side hoe, a top notch writer, and a BFF to all Hollywood homies. We love him. It's Jonah fucking Hill. It's Jonah. What is our first película? <laughs> uh, you all can probably guess it. The one where Jonah really came really into his started prime. To shine. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's super bad, baby. Ooh. Came out in 2007, directed by Greg Motola. Is that how you say Motorola. <laughs> Motorola. <laughs> Screenplay by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Two inseparable best friends navigate the last weeks of high school and are invited to a gigantic house party. Together with their nerdy friend, they spend a long day trying to score enough alcohol to supply the party and inebriate two girls in order to kickstart their sex lives before they go off to college. Their quest is complicated after one of them falls in with two inept cops who are determined to show him a good time. Amen. And those two boys are Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. Yes, and the third is McLovin. <laughs> is McLovin. Don't know his real name don't know who the fuck this kid is <laughs> and one of the girls is a very young emma stone yes a very young very like 2000s emma stone yeah, with yeah. her fucking hair uh monica how do you feel about super bad dude this is i have to be honest this is one of my favorite films like ever really? uh, i grew up watching it it was okay. one of the one of the first films i ever watched with like my siblings mm -hmm. uh which was interesting because i was like zero years old <laughs> Uh, and it honestly, like it truly shaped like my childhood mm -hmm. because it was so, it was just so like formative. Like a lot of the jokes that I pulled, a lot of like the snarky shit that I said yeah. came from this movie. <laughs> so I would say that it definitely shaped my sense of humor in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it gave me a lot of respect for Seth Rogen as a writer. 
uh and you know the other one evan evan goldberg <laughs> evan 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 baby evan baby um i didn't see this movie for the first time until like two years ago well you know what fuck you yeah. i know <laughs> and i watched it and i remember talking to a friend and she was like did you love it isn't it so funny and i was like i feel like i would have thought it was hilarious when i was 17 yeah but because I was what, like twenty three when I saw it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like laugh out loud. But oh, that blows. I did still think it was funny. But this most recent time when I watched it, I was like, okay, I like this much yeah. more now. Uh, I will like I'm telling you, every single day at lunch, like we would have our Italian dunkers, <laughs> our smuckers, or whatever the fuck they were called, or like lunchable shit. Your uncrustables. Uncrustables, whatever the fuck. <laughs> And we would like trade them and shit and be like, I am McLovin. And like, just really fucking get, get on it. Like that was my shit. Of the three of them, which one do you think you are? I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I dude, I'm like a, a solid mix between Michael Sarah's character and <laughs> Seth Rogen's character. And Seth Rogen's character. You mean Sorry. Jonah? No, no, Seth Rogen's character. Okay. The cop. Well, I said of the three of them, of, of the, the boys. three of the, the three boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am McLovin. <laughs> I would agree. If I had to pick between just the three boys, like yeah. we didn't expand into like the, no, the no, Seth no. Rogen, Bill Hader universe. No, no, no. We're just doing the three boys. I'm McLovin okay. for sure. Yeah. I'm the, I I'm the third that. one that's like trying to get the fake ID that ends yeah. up going elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not- absolutely Michael Sarah. Oh, you're, oh, you are absolutely <laughs> Michael Sarah. I feel like we both know a Jonah Hill in this situation, but. I can't think of a Jonah I, Hill. I, I, I don't, cause he's both so stupid. Yeah. And so smart. <laughs> and I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like that was, that's my first note about his character is that like, he's the perfect overly confident disgusting teenage boy who has no business being as confident and cocky as no i think and what's crazy is his confidence comes from his idols like his confidence comes from the people that he like looks up to his idols and his own insecurity and his own insecurities like (laughs) i'm gonna use my insecurity against everyone else to make myself (laughs) myself seem really fucking cool exactly he's like i know i'm fucking uncool yeah and because of that i'm I'm gonna own how disgusting i am yeah i'm gonna fucking own it like i'm trying to get these babes laid like, which is crazy because no one fucking talks to him. He's no. alone. <laughs> and by the way, when I say disgusting, I do not mean physically. I mean, like, like he, he's he, a teenage he's, boy. He's a gross teenage boy. Yeah. He spends all of his time talking about like yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. and drawing penises. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think a big part of his like identity is like the phallic symbol. Yeah. They make like a good an enormously long running joke in the uh-huh. film about like him always drawing fucking penis. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it is probably one of the funniest bits I've yeah. ever seen in in any film. Uh, and honestly, like it, it sh- sort of, it zooms in on like a portrait of a teenage boy from 2007, basically. Yeah. To, well, 2000, like five to 2007. Yeah. Everyone was really fucking into like going to, as, as honestly any other era, everyone's like really fucking into like going to parties and like yes. figuring out whether or not you're going to talk to that girl. And like, it gave me a lot of insight into like how boys think. Mm-hmm. And like, it shows how differently like girls approach different <laughs> situations and like boys. Yeah. And which is why I really resent the comparison of Booksmart to super bad because it's just that is such bullshit first of all if you came here trying to like listen to us compare like book smart to super bad go away you came to the wrong podcast you came to the incorrect castle <laughs> uh, because they have nothing to do with each other and no and i think that 
I think the comparison first came about because Beanie is in Beanie Baby, because <laughs> Beanie Baby is in uh, Booksmart, and Jonah is obviously in Superbad, and they have similar kind of plot. They're both like, but like BFF stories. Yeah, about like we're about to graduate. Let's, let's have do a one last hurrah. Fun. Yeah. yeah, basically, but. I think people first started comparing it to get men to watch Booksmart. Which is so stupid. Which is really dumb because then they hated it even more. It's just, it just, <laughs> you said it perfectly when we were at the table earlier. It's like, it does such a disservice to both films. Yes. Because it takes away the integrity and the merit of Booksmart. And then it also just like shits on Superbad. Because yeah. it's like, so you only have to be a man to understand Superbad. Exactly. So you only have to be a, a disgusting teenage boy to like appreciate super bad yeah that's not true <laughs> no it's very silly and then it makes you not really care to watch either movie exactly which is stupid you should watch super bad though if, if you're you gonna should, <laughs> if you're gonna watch one you should watch super <laughs> sorry watch beanie baby we love you baby i mean super bad was like it it defined an era yes and it that's literally so perfect it like it captured an era in a little baby yeah. bottle shook it up and then like spat it out on the screen <laughs> <laughs> everything down to the car to the music that they were playing to the mom to the fucking house yeah well to the school like oh my god and they managed to be so funny because no shade jonah but like you're not a threatening looking person exactly and so you could afford he could afford to be everything that his character was exactly exactly yeah and uh I love the, this is going to sound crazy because it's fucking super bad, uh -huh. but I love the emotional depth of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets very deep. It gets very deep because it, it's, it zooms into this really tight friendship mm -hmm. where one of the friends, Michael Sarah's character is so incredibly like, Dis, not disgruntled but just like confused about like how to approach this matter of separation between yeah. him and his bff uh -huh. and because he's always sort of been like under his thumb and like kind of his like second in command if that makes sense so for him to finally stand up and say like i want to go to like dartmouth like i want to be smart and i want to like go get good grades and like go to school like i want that life for myself yeah. and that may not be like cool to you but it's cool to me and i've never had like the confidence in this friendship to say that yeah and and just the fact that he's gonna be roommates with fucking mclovin is just such a <laughs> like cherry on top oh my god well you don't often see a lot of movies about male friendship like that's truly codependent yes yes girl <laughs> and i mean they're not they're initially codependent in a bad way but then they kind of like they figured out that's the whole point that's the yeah. arc yeah, yeah, yeah the emotional yeah. arc of the movie the arc um <laughs> but i this movie weirdly made me think of armchair expert because dax Shepard talks yeah. all the time about like just like not being afraid to say i love you as a man to mm -hmm. your male friends dog. and being like a loving physically affectionate person and you can tell at the beginning of this movie they're like they're like we love each other but like we would never you know, we're not, we're not going to be affectionate. Yeah, we're yeah, not going to yeah. say it. And by the end, they realize that like as adult men, that's kind of something you have to do in order to sustain these relationships in yeah. order to like take them out of the codependence area and really turn it into like a brotherhood almost. That sounds so cheesy. No, but, that's, know. that's perfectly well said and the fact that it was written by two like real life bffs yes and the characters are named and, after and them. which is why i have a really hard time specifically on this episode saying seth and evan because yeah. we're 
there. Seth Rogen is in this movie. He also wrote it, and then Evan Goldberg is the writer. So I prefer yeah. to just talk about the characters as Jonah Hill and Michael, and Michael Sarah. <laughs> but uh, but we do know that they're called Seth and Evan. Yes, guys. correct. It's just really when you're listening to a fucking podcast, it's hard. Yes. It's hard to differentiate the names. Um, but I love that two real life BFFs wrote this, and you can tell that there's so much integrity mm-hmm. in the dialogue between specifically Seth and Evan. Yes. Literally. <laughs> so also the way that Jonah Hill delivers his lines. Oh. I love that his whole thing is he just keeps talking. Forever. Like he just dude. He just keeps going and yes. it's always in the same tone. It yes. doesn't he doesn't fluctuate very no. much. No. And you're like you're not talking about anything but i can't stop listening i know (laughs) and i I love that everything he says is always like a big deal right he takes up so much space with his voice Mm -hmm. because he's like everything i'm about to tell you is dude like he's just (laughs) always trying to over explain something in a way that's trying to make him seem cooler than he actually is. Exactly. Which is a huge defense mechanism that I love. His solution for not knowing like what to say is to just keep fucking talking. Yes. Like the scene where he's talking to Emma Stone. Yes. Iconic. So funny. The Uh, scene where they're like in the hallway and she initially asks him to buy alcohol. To buy the beer. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Uh He's just, he's so funny because he's just himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we talk about actors being natural all the time. That's not like, you know, a new thing, yeah. but he really is just a natural. He's just a rambling idiot. Yes. <laughs> That's really who he is. That's him at his core. And I love that Jonah Hill is the person that was in this film because yes. he embodied the spirit and the soul of Seth Rogen's character. I mean, I, I wrote this down. It literally is like the stars aligned that Jonah Hill got to come up under yes. Seth Rogen. Yes, like, yes. I don't think we would, like Seth Rogen is, is incredible on his own, obviously, but right. so much of what we love about Seth Rogen also involves Jonah Hill. Yes. And so I don't think we would like Seth Rogen as, as much, much if Jonah Hill hadn't come into existence. Like it really is... I don't know if you believe in like cosmic shit, <laughs> but like the fact that Jonah was born when he was and yes. entered entertainment at the time that he did is kind of insane. It's very, it's very magical. It's very Shakespearean. <laughs> his ward, <laughs> the bard and his ward. It's like the leftover essence of Seth Rogen got put into Jonah Hill. Yes. So that two of them could live. Absolutely. I, I love how insane the plot gets the more you get into the story. Yes. As far as like the shit that they're willing to do to like get this fucking booze. Yeah. And how... It, it's genuinely just a giant metaphor for like the unraveling of this like codependent relationship, mm-hmm. which like the more you get into it, the more chaotic and like unmanageable it gets Yeah, to the point where like at the end, they're like bl- essentially blown apart to come back together in a more healthy way, mm-hmm. which I just find to be absolutely brilliant. It's so good. And like, Seth Rogen and Bill Hader in this. Oh, unbelievable. The cat, like, I wouldn't say that they're cameos. It's more like supporting. It's like a, it becomes a supporting yeah, it's role. Supporting, yeah. It becomes a supporting role. And they are like the supporting roles from heaven, like yes. from heaven above. Yes. <laughs> and there are, so, there are just so many good moments in this movie. Like when they go to the, like, the other party before yes. the real party yes. and like Michael Sarah's in that room with all those scary men and yes. he has to fucking sing and he has to sing <laughs> and it's just so perfect <laughs> it's- like 
I don't know how Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg wrote this shit. Well, where does it come from? Dude, any any excuse to get like any of these funny men to sing yeah. is like my shit. Like in 21 Jump True. Street when, uh, no, that was 22 Jump Street because oh. they had to co- go back to somewhere. But Jonah Hill singing, I've got a crow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've got a crow. <laughs> So like any excuse for like any of these bad boys to it's sing so good. is so good. Um, and specifically with Jonah Hill's role in this film. Yeah. I think he brings so much. I hesitate to say like youthfulness because yeah. he's obviously so young, but yeah. like he brings so much spark and like high energy to the film as a whole, because like the other guys in this film are so like, kind of like low energy and like a little bit like downtrodden and uh-huh. like very like low self-esteem very like low to the ground but here comes jonah hill with like this like really intense like energy yes. where he takes up a lot of space and he's like hey guys like i'm here i'm the leader this is my shit fuck you fuck everything like i'm yeah. the one who has the biggest best opinion out of everyone <laughs> well when you think about where he came from mm-hmm. like i think his first role like real role was yeah. in the 40 year old virgin where he had that yeah, little yeah, cameo uh-huh. in um katherine keener's ebay yes <laughs> where'd he get the and fucking he wanted store. to buy like those disco boots yes <laughs> and yes. he's in that tiny moment and he fucking stole it yeah and then he stole it in forgetting sarah marshall and he stole it and knocked up too yes <laughs> <laughs> like this man has it, it's like indescribable magnetism. It's just so good. Yeah, he's a, he's amazing. He's just nom, 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 love him. Chef's love him. kiss. And I know you hate Emma Stone, but I thought she was pretty funny in this She's movie. She's pretty funny in this movie. It's also fine, shout though. out baby Laura Morano. Yeah, uh, playing play young Emma Stone. <laughs> the plug. The plug is here. Uh, but yeah, no, it, an incredible film led by an incredible actor who is the perfect vessel for Seth Rogen's shit. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Um, our next Yona Il movie si. is we're just gonna take it in a, in a completely different direction. Yeah, we're gonna, you know what? Let's just let's out just, of left field. Let's which just is very fitting. <laughs> let's rewind the VCR. Let's go <laughs> back and uh, take it to the other side of the dramatique. See, si, see, si, see. Si. Uh, this is Moneyball. Yeah, baby. Came out in 2011. Story by Stan Shervin. Did you know? Hold on. Did you know that he went to high school with my dad? He's no my dad. fucking way. <laughs> He's one of my dad's best friends. Oh my god! <laughs> you learn something new every Shout day. Out Stan, I've been swimming at your house. Very nice home. Oh, what a nice house, Stan! <laughs> uh, incredible screenplay by Aaron Sork. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I should have said Aaron uh, Sorkin. Sorry, we're reading notes. It's just hilarious. Aaron Sork, brother of Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Nemesis, holy grail. Um, uh, screenplay by Aaron Sorkin and Steve Zal- Z- Zalian. Zalian? Alien? Yeah, I think it's Zalian. Zalian. Based on the book Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game by Michael Lewis and directed by Bennett Miller. Billy Bean. Played by Brad Pitt, general manager. You can't say his name without saying it like no. that. <laughs> general manager of the Oakland A's one day has an epiphany. Baseball's conventional wisdom is all wrong. Faced with a tight budget, Billy Bane must reinvent his team by outsmarting the richer ball clubs. Joining forces with Ivy League graduate Peter fucking Brand, 
Played by Jonah Hill. Bean prepares to challenge his old school traditions. He recruits bargain bin players whom the scouts have labeled as flawed, but have game winning potential in order to build the most technically good team in the MLB. Let me start by saying I know nothing about anything. I know nothing about baseball, nor do I care at all about baseball. But but this movie was incredible. This movie is dank. (laughs) Can I just start off by saying like, thank God God. someone decided to take a chance on Jonah Hill having a dramatic role. Take a chance on Jonah Hill. (laughs) Put him in the ball pit. Hey, give him an Academy Award nomination. This fucking dude has range. I love how he goes from this like, and this is only four years after the release of Superbad. Yeah, literally, y'all. He's a youngin' too. Yeah. Like he's young. I think he was like 26 when he did this, this something like that. Yeah. But I love how he goes from like this idiotic, like hilarious, cocky, disgusting teenage boy, and then he turns into this like college graduate, crazy yeah. smart, Yale grad, like bookish, shy person. And like, obviously, it's an actor's job to have range, but like, at this time, it was so unexpected because all we had ever seen Jonah Hill do was draw dicks. This like, fucker's <laughs> in an Aaron Sorkin film. <laughs> Seriously. Like what? Um, He brings so much steadiness to this film. Yes. Like he's, if you want to talk about like a beating heart, quote unquote, of a film, mm-hmm. he is the beating heart of Moneyball. Yeah. Uh, everything he does is so calculated and like driven by what Brad Pitt is going to do. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're talking about Jonah fucking Hill and Brad Pitt starring in a movie together. Their chemistry is like weirdly <laughs> off amazing. the charts. Like they're so good together. They play off of each other brilliantly, really well. And Jonah Hill being the essentially, essentially like the beating heart of this film, mm-hmm. he is there to be the bounce board off of which Brad Pitt just dumps his shit on. Yeah, and he's so good at like receiving it and like giving it back to him. Yeah, and. I love watching Jonah Hill and specifically this film because everything, like I said, everything he does is so calculated and you can watch him put in the fucking work to like make this role good. Yeah. Well, you can see, you can very clearly see where he took his acting style from his former movies and like made tweaks. Yes. So like before he was really known for kind of just like talking. Yeah. Um, Like talking endlessly. Mm-hmm. And he takes that in this movie, but because he's so shy and like intimidated by Brad Pitt yes. and like, but he knows he knows his shit, but knows he doesn't want to overstep. Yes. He turns into like this very soft spoken, but like weirdly confident guy. And- it just makes you listen to everything that he says. And like, mm-hmm. like we said before, we don't know anything about baseball, nor do we care. But I cared when Jonah Hill would tell yes. me those fucking like baseball stats. You could literally watch because he, he he used a lot of like physicality in this film. Mm-hmm. He You could tell that he held like a lot of knowledge in his body because he would kind of like vibrate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where all the power comes yes. from because it's so unassuming. Yeah, he would like <laughs> vibrate a little bit when like Brad Pitt was talking yeah. to him and like waiting for him to answer about something. And then he would like shoot it all out with all of this incredible knowledge that he yeah. has from being a fucking economics student at Yale. So it's <laughs> like you could tell that he put in a lot of work to just like get that right and get the audience feeling like, okay, this fucker has a lot to say, but he chooses really carefully when he opens his mouth and when he keeps his mouth shut because that has more power than just talking all the time yeah Woo. 
talking like, a lot in an Aaron Sorkin film is really easy. <laughs> one of my favorite moments of his is when he, when Brad Pitt makes him fire that baseball player up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he, he, he's like, you just want me to, you want to just want me to go in and fire him? And he's like, yeah, take care of it. And so he pulls him into the room and they yes. just sit there in silence and he's just sitting there vi- again like vibrating yeah. and you just you can see how terrified he is but mm-hmm. he's just like you know you're a great ball player yeah you're gonna do great and you're gonna do great things <laughs> you know man you, you know uh, he's just so good i feel the way about jonah hill's character in this movie as i did about jeff daniels and speed Oh my God, what a comparison. <laughs> because, I mean, not in like acting style or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I love Jeff Daniels and Speed because he's just like, he's the man who knows everything. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. He, he knew everything about bombs. Yes. And in this one, Jonah Hill knows everything about baseball. He's the info daddy. He of is this movie. the data daddy. He's the data daddy. Oh. We love a data daddy. We love a data daddy, baby. Because, I mean, there would be no story there without be, him. Exactly. Beating fucking heart mm-hmm. and like brad pitt's like i don't know the liver or some shit so <laughs> that's really what it is it's it he truly earned that academy award nomination he really fucking did and the yeah. fact that people viewed him in that light just goes to show you how much power jonah hill actually has as, as an actor yeah i mean he changed people's minds about him very quickly i mean very everyone fast. thought that he was good but, but they no didn't think one. that he was like <laughs> dramatically good yeah, no one thought he was like a fucking daniel day lewis you know what i mean yeah no it, one exactly thought that. Exactly. And I do love that even with this supporting role, you do see his character evolve. Like I love towards the end where they're doing, it's the big trade scene where they're in Brad Pitt's office and they're doing all the fucking like crazy phone calls where they're lying to people about like what players they have and who they don't. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know what I mean? You know. And you can see Jonah Hill like finally getting hyped up yeah and finally like he understood the game before Mm -hmm. but now he understands this part of the game yes and it's so gratifying as a viewer to be like you fucking get it you get it bro you get it you get it and you're gonna do such good things yes jonah uh he's just so fucking good in this film i can't sing his praises enough especially because this was my first viewing of him in a dramatic film Mm -hmm. and i think most people honestly i can't remember quite what he's done before 2011 the first first dramatic film i saw him in was uh wolf of wall street yeah but that was way later i know i I knew about him in moneyball just hadn't seen it yeah and i know what y'all are gonna say why aren't you guys talking about him in wolf of wall street because you're all british (laughs) to that i say just wait okay just fucking wait be fucking patient we're not asking that much of you just fucking wait i love that you're reprimanding people who aren't here and haven't said anything exactly (laughs) just wait just wait just wait your silly children silly children with your silly things yeah i love moneyball if you haven't seen it you have to watch watch it it. i think it's on netflix now i don't know i think i had to rent it i don't know guys all i know is that we own it i have no idea but i don't know it made me so proud of him i felt like a proud mother i always feel like a proud mother with jonah hill even though he's significantly older than both of us we we keep forgetting he's like 40 now or some shit i think he almost almost like he's like 30 (laughs) I don't know. You know. He's close to death. I'm proud of him. <laughs> He's close to death. <laughs> um, um, okay. So now we move to 
Jonah's baby. Whoa. This Jonah's like baby. Literal curveball. Yeah. <laughs> and the movie is mid 90s. Came mid-90s. out in 2018. Written and directed by Jonah Hill. That's right. He is not in this movie. No, he's not, baby. He just made it. Uh, in 1990s Los Angeles, 13-year-old Stevie, played by Sonny Suljic, spends his summer navigating between a troubled home life and a crew of new friends he meets at a skate shop. This is half coming of age half like small baby it's it's an hour 25 yeah uh half small baby like character piece a little bit it's got a little bit of like an indie flair it feels like a documentary it's a Mm -hmm. period piece like it's a full period piece there's a lot going on here (laughs) i when i saw this i saw it by myself as in i was the only person in the movie theater. oh my god yeah it did not do super no. at least from what i remember yeah i mean it was cri- like critically acclaimed i guess but like it didn't get nominated for anything nobody really People went and forgot saw it. about it yeah. like i don't i can't think of a single person now who's like did you guys watch mid 90s yeah exactly no one fucking by the way stylized is a lowercase m 90s <laughs> attached to the mid just letting you guys know yeah, I mean, I saw this by myself at like the Glendale Pacific Theater at the Americana. Wow. I'm like at like 2.30 on a Wednesday. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one was there. And I was fucking blown away because first of all, it has like an insane, the the, first, the opening scene is like him getting like slammed getting, into a wall. Yeah, it's him getting the living shit beat out of him, which like if you have siblings, you know what mm-hmm. it feels like to get the shit beat out of you. Yeah by uh lucas hedges yes that's which his, is that's his name right yes yes which is so random by yeah, the way playing the angriest teenager so ever. mad yeah <laughs> like and that's the thing i obviously i was born in 1995 so i didn't like grow up in the 90s in a way no. that i remember it no um and yet this movie felt very nostalgic for a lot of different reasons exactly As specifically like the home relationship now i did not have an abusive older brother <laughs> you have an older brother but did he i'm sorry did he not beat the shit out of no, you he never beat the shit out of me okay <laughs> but you always knew people who were like this mm-hmm. um and you knew these kids who were just so fucking angry yes for one no reason, reason or another i mean there were reasons but like it seemed to come out of yeah nowhere. and like you knew about the single parents and the moms just like fucking doing their best Mm -hmm. and like this mom like she's doing her best but also like she overshares way too much with her fucking kids yes because she she had them so young and she yes. just doesn't know how to like deal with them if that makes yeah, sense she wants to be their friend but she also wants to be their mom but she also has nobody to confide in so she's yes. like i'll just talk to my kids but like her kids don't want to fucking talk to her because she's a mom fuck a mom exactly, you know what i mean exactly exactly it just it so perfectly captured this specific time yes and it's as much like I don't want to say it's like a love letter to his youth, but it's like it very clearly captures his youth, but also the place and also the time period and also just like the general feeling of youth. I will say I was incredibly skeptical to watch this film just because I knew of Jonah Hill's background. Obviously, like growing up in a very wealthy part of Los Angeles. He was a West Side ho. He uh, went to a very rich private school. Mm -hmm. And although he did have sort of like ins into like the skateboard, like punkish, like, you know, Valley East Side, that kind of thing vibe. He it was hard for me to take 
this is my honest opinion. It was really hard at the t- before I watched this movie to take someone like Jonah Hill seriously sure. when they're making this kind of a film. Just because I'm like, shouldn't this come from someone who like actually had this childhood? Yeah. Slash actually came from this kind of a home question mark. Mm-hmm. But the way that he handled the story and the way that he put the nostalgia just on the screen was so it, it was it had a lot of integrity for me and yeah. it was so truthful and it was so like it was just really fucking honest and i i ex- i my honest the, the honest truth is i did not expect that from jonah hill like yeah i did not expect that from him and the and and i admit that i was in the group of people who did not take it very seriously because it came from a man with so much goddamn privilege. sure <laughs> and like who had his status in hollywood is what no I was totally to and uh, like I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that like they they know that it's autobiographical in the sense that it's about the same time period, but yeah. they don't know that it's autobiographical in the sense that like a lot of these events actually happened to him. Yeah. Because I guess Jonah Hill's mom had cancer and so he like rebelled. Yeah. And started like smoking and doing drugs and skating and yeah, like yeah, yeah. not going to school. And so he was involved in this crowd. And yeah. I think he took the feelings and turned them into like a story a story yeah. rather than having the it events. be the story that he actually experienced yeah, yeah yeah some of the events he did like that car accident yeah the yeah <laughs> that one was like <laughs> fucking oh, rough because fuck. i when i was watching super bad you mm-hmm. can see the scar on his arm from the accident yes exactly and i was like what happened to him so then i googled it and i was like oh shit that's what happens in mid 90s yes because <laughs> fuck shit is a fuck shit yeah because fuck shit sucks because <laughs> yes i have to say um so i got my nails done next to fuck shit once <laughs> oh yeah okay everyone pause let's pause and talk about this fucking story because fuck shit in the film who yes if you haven't seen mid 90s there's a character named fuck shit fuck shit uh it's his nickname because he after every trick he always says fuck shit that was dope so tell your story luscious hair yes it's so beautiful in literally in the film alexa demi goes i wish i had his hair yeah (laughs) also she's great she's She's gorgeous in this amazing but anyway yeah so i i used to get my nails done on this place on melrose Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because i'm from la she's from guys she's from los angeles (laughs) (laughs) and um it was like it was like the part of melrose that's near like the pink wall Mm -hmm. so all these fucking people are the instagrammers yeah and um the guy who plays fuck shit came in with his girlfriend <laughs> and they sat in the like the pedicure chairs next to me yeah. and they were getting their nails done. And I couldn't stop staring at him because yeah. he had only, he's only been in this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. And him and his girlfriend were so disgusting together. Yes. They would not stop making out Ugh. and touching each other the entire time. Pada, pada. Every everyone was so uncomfortable. And I'm like, this is the nail salon. You know what? Fuck Please. shit. Get your shit out of here. <laughs> please oh my god yeah but uh reading sort of like the backstory and like why jonah hill wanted to write the movie and like kind of understanding where like you said after obviously like we had to watch this i was forced to watch this movie for this podcast (laughs) um but like reading about like the specific events that sort of like made its way into the film but the fact that he didn't make it about himself he really made it about his experiences made me have more faith in like watching the film and like accepting it as like actually something truthful versus something that's like i want to make a movie it's like no he wants to tell he wants to tell people about his experiences in this very niche era uh with these very niche groups of people yeah also you can tell with the dialogue like he's not 
pushing any like agenda no or like even really like any kind of character arcs he's just really giving you like almost slice of life moments the the dialogue is so fucking mundane yes but it's really interesting well what he wants to show you is he's like i'm not pushing for these characters to be anything i just want them to exist exactly i just want to turn the camera on and let them exist which is why the movie feels so documentary like but very much isn't is because he just lets the characters exist as they are and doesn't push them to be anything Uh, the only character that really has any kind of ambition or at at least until the end when like fourth grade Mm -hmm. is like i made a fucking movie yeah um when is when ray ray who's like the main guy he's like the main skater boy he's the one who has like real ambition and Uh is like all these friends like man they're fuck-ups like they have like hard homes like you he he says something to the effect of like you know you don't want to you don't want to trade what's in their closet right like you don't want to trade shit and shit in a closet because like you don't know that like fourth grade is one of the poorest people i know and like and like fuck shit like he has like a hard home life and all he ever wants to do is like partying and drunk and like i like you know the way that i look prevents me from like getting big in like the skateboarding world and like that's what i want and didn't like his little brother die yeah and his little his his little brother like died getting hit by a car so it's like to me showing only one of them having any real ambition because of their hard home lives Mm -hmm. is really truthful to me because that is the case yeah um and especially in like those groups of people who skateboarding was a really big deal and like it made them feel free Mm -hmm. in sort of an area of the world and this is los angeles right like you can't get fuck fuck well anywhere without a car or like a skateboard (laughs) um and it just made them feel free in a place that is that can oftentimes feel very constricting yeah and very cold like yeah. if you if you if you grew up in los angeles i grew up in iwani the valley um if you grew up in <laughs> los angeles <laughs> you know that like where you are is where you are you yeah. can't go fuck all anywhere no. you have to take like the 405 you have to take the fucking like it's fucked up like you can't go anywhere no totally which is why there are some like some of the filmmaking choices in this movie oh. are so smart yes like it would have been enough for them just to show for him to show us them skating and like a skate park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the shots of them skating down the middle of a fucking oh. highway in Los Angeles with oh. the palm trees, the and drama the sunset and the, the, drama. Mu- the music in oh, this movie. It's so good. Oh my God. The soundtrack. Like, it was, it was it, like, it transported me. Yeah. And that's what it did for them. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that's cliche, but it's just, he's so smart of him. And he really is such a talented filmmaker. Yeah. And I love, I will say, I, I credit Jonah Hill with so much of my feeling of nostalgia in the film because he just genuinely brought out this, like, he like, one of the memes that's like circulating around is like, uh, memory unlocked. Like, he <laughs> like truly like unlocked my memory because I'm like, I grew up with like, with, the the early 2000s version of these people yeah right like the 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 era of like the skate the skater boy yeah. from the 90s that made all of like those those skate videos and uh-huh. like put them up online and like tried to get views and tried to get big in like the skate world like i grew up with that so it's like very interesting to see the differences between like this specific slice of like the mid 90s version of what i grew up with because it's not the same no but the nostalgia is there which was very cool to watch yeah it's really interesting and i don't know exactly how he did it but how he made it nostalgic for so many people and i think i think part of it is that 
is at least because like he made it a very romantic movie in yeah. a weird way but didn't like it's romantic but he didn't romanticize correct. the shit that was like, going on he captured the glow of youth and feeling like you belong despite all of the shit that's also happening around yes, you yes which is that's the relatable part yeah and you at some point always felt like the kid ruben mm-hmm. who was like the other kid who was like yeah. the little, little mexican baby who was like trying to like get in with like the older boys yeah. the same as as stevie but this kid you could tell what he was feeling every time he and stevie were in the same room together because there was just a lot of resentment being built yeah. of like how are you getting in and i've been trying this whole time and i haven't been able to get into this group yeah. and that brings you back to like being a kid and being like wow like like why wasn't i led into these groups or if you were you always knew the kid that was always trying to get in and like never really could exactly because they weren't cool enough or they didn't have the right equipment like or they didn't or they didn't try hard enough or they tried too hard and it's like there's such a fine line and like um i i'm sorry to whoever i offend when i say this i swear this is a line from the film but they like call everything gay yeah and like what it is is like they're what they're calling gay are like commodities or like shit that is really civil or like shit that makes them into like like members of society basically yeah, like when he says thank like when you, he says, thank you. He's like, oh, don't fucking say thank you that's gay like he's just very like um he's he's just ruben specifically has this very specific idea of like what masculinity looks like yeah and like what being a man looks like which i think jonah hill translated through text really well with this mm-hmm. dialogue where he's like don't say that that's gay like don't say thank you that's gay just accept it don't say fucking anything like yeah. you have to be silent or you have to say something cool but like don't say anything basically yeah. so it's just it's very specific and like i remember being a kid and like like stumbling over my words trying to like figure out what cool snarky thing to say and like not being able to say it and everyone being like man like you fucked up like (laughs) or like if i did something crazy like jump over a fence they'd be like man you fucking crazy like you insane man like it was very interesting to see what they thought like a version of masculinity was and what they thought like what they put on a pedestal basically yeah which is like ray's so cool man he's the coolest like you remember when stevie was like man ray's just the fucking coolest like yeah. he's so cool but then but ray i mean you said earlier ray has like all of these he he has all the powerful moments that like mm-hmm. they're only not quote-unquote gay because yeah. they're coming from him yes and because exactly. they idolize him yes like the whole i love how he has that whole discussion like it's a weird casual discussion about race yes and they're talking about like if black people can get sunburned and i'm like Truly, I love that Jonah Hill was able to capture something like this, which is like an important larger topic. Yes. And then like dilute it to an extent that it feels normal for a fucking 14 year old skater boy to be talking about it. Yes. And the fact that they accepted Stevie's answer of like, what is a black person (laughs) and like thought that it was some philosophical ideal like yeah what is a black person (laughs) and like man like i dig that like that shit's cool because it's like it's like no i don't think he knew (laughs) he just didn't know what to say (laughs) oh Um, and it's just it's such an interesting like you said like it's just an interesting slice of life like it it doesn't there's nothing truly like consequential about this film if we're being really honest about it because i mean there is some like development like like lucas hedges's character gets a little uh, better 
uh, slightly. <laughs> he shows up at the hospital. He gives him orange juice. Uh, and him like and his fucking orange juice. <laughs> yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah. It, so, but like this Eminem also, looking ass bitch. You also know that like in a week later, he's probably going to be awful again. And like beat the shit out of him when his like bones set or whatever Exactly. The fuck so that's like what we mean by Jonah Hill paints like a romantic story without mm-hmm. romanticizing it. Exactly. Yeah. And beyond that, I just think that Jonah Hill's really got to like stretch his legs with his writing because again, we keep t- referring back to the dialogue because it's just written so well. Yeah. Because he, no one is trying hard. No one is no one is doing too much. No one is doing too little. Like everyone is just existing. Yeah. Which is just fucking fascinating. Well, that's why it was so smart to cast a bunch of unknowns. Yes. Like I think Stevie has been in other movies and is still acting, but besides him, all of the other skater boys, this is like the only thing they've done. Precisely. As far as I know, the only thing they will do. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck shit does not have a career. No. (laughs) Um, But what I will, the only thing that I have to critique about this movie, well, there's, I mean, there's quite a lot of things to critique about this movie because it's obviously his first fucking film. Sure. And a lot of it's a little bit wild, but like specifically, I think I questioned Alexa Demi's character making out with a literal <laughs> child <laughs> yeah and like being like and i i i did my research i looked it up and no no one said anything about it like no one is no one is saying yeah. like there was an intimacy coordinator like all i found were like articles about how why is no one talking about this question mark because i'm i'm that's something that's a little bit confusing to me of like how did that happen she must have been like what 26 i, I don't know how old she is she was born in 1990 that oh. bitch is 30. Oh, dear. <laughs> that bitch is 30. <laughs> I mean, in terms of character, I think she's supposed to be like 15. Yes, she's supposed to be like 15. Yeah. So it's, I mean, he does look like he's 10, even though he's 13. Yeah. So like it is still, it still looks weird. But yeah, I, I that is, that is interesting. I mean, there had to be something. There done, had just to be something. <laughs> yeah. I think I what what's really fascinating to me is it, it it opens up like a bigger dialogue about like intimacy coordinators and like yeah. film because no one really started talking about that shit until like late 2019 and this yeah. movie came out in 2018 which means it was made in like 2017 yeah which means no one gave a shit no nobody gave so, a fuck so looking at it through a 2021 lens I'm like fuck shit <laughs> like i don't know about this y'all i don't fuck know shit, that's not dope fuck shit that is not dope so if i had to really like look at it and pick one thing where i was like hmm it would probably be that yeah when i watched it that is the one thing in the movie that kind of made me pause that take me like that like honestly it took me a little out of it because i was in on the ride for mm-hmm. the for pretty much the whole movie until that moment with alexa to me and what's his face stevie yeah uh and that's when i was like mm. <laughs> so but other than that jonah you made a great first film brother hell yeah we my, guy, my guy my <laughs> guy my close personal friend jonah jonah hill, hill. jonah hill feldstein <laughs> well monica yes what did you dabble in i have dabbled in moving i moved oh good for you yeah i fucking moved i picked up all my shit with my husband darren and we moved we now live in a different place that's what moving is uh Uh, you're only about two blocks from the former place exactly so we just went two blocks over not trying to do not trying to go cross country here um and it's been nice 
I say that with a lot of hesitation because I'm fucking stressed out. But like, who isn't when they move? What is it like? There's like a chart somewhere of like the most stressful things that can happen to a person. Mm -hmm. It's like death of a loved one. Yeah. Like planning a wedding and like moving. Yeah. (laughs) Moving sucks. (laughs) Moving is the worst. It's terrible. uh, That's what I've been dabbling in. All of my shit's fucking everywhere. So. I mean, you're shockingly moved in for only living here for like, what, a week? I mean, for me. Five days for me i understand for you for your fucking capricorn ass but like (laughs) (laughs) um but it looks great it's a beautiful place it's beautiful it's got wood floor we love wood i had carpet before and that i mean part of it is like now you now you bitches hear an echo which i'm sorry (laughs) but you know what i'm happier and that's what that is what matters what have you dabbled in sweet jessica um you know not a whole lot has been new in my life however i did watch all of sex in the city wow six seasons in two weeks and the first movie (laughs) so we 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 have opposite Mm -hmm. schedules right now I have no time and you have enough time to watch Sex and the City in two weeks. Well, well, I guess. But to those, be the fair, episodes are short. Yeah, I, was, I just stopped myself. To be fair, the episodes are like 20 minutes long. Yeah, they're like 20, 28 minutes long. Um, you can get through a season in a day. That's crazy. Yeah, because the seasons are like really short too. Exactly. Like so, 19, episodes long, 19 episodes long or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that shit went fast, but... Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've seen that show so many times, but I just, it was time for a rewatch. Why not? Why not? So I got through it and uh, I loved it so much. I, I kind of feel inclined to just start over No again, way. But I'm not going to. I love Sex and the You know what? What's crazy is like Sex in the City was not made for us, like for our generation no, whatsoever. No, but it's good. But it's so good. And there are so many memes out about uh, woke Charlotte woke. that I'm so into right now. I know. Because Charlotte says some of the most insensitive things in, in the yeah, show. I mean, the show is pretty insensitive in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. it was very progressive for the time. For the time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which so you can't we, deny. No, which is why I think people still love it because they're like, we recognize that like we shouldn't say these things now, but at the time, no one was talking about them, period. Yeah. And the fact that they were talking about them on a show with these hot women was huge yeah exactly yeah. so uh <laughs> yeah highly recommend highly recommend sex and the sati go watch it go watch saxophone in the sati <laughs> do we have a question monica we do here's the question from maricela b what movie do you wish you were a character in oh oh that's actually a good question. <laughs> well, there's a lot. There's a lot of different movies I would love to be a part of. I'm just. I'm just gonna go with one that comes up right away, and that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Shut the fuck up about that movie. Sorry, I love that movie. <laughs> it's truly one of my favorite movies of the last few years. Um, but I also just. I love the '60s. I love the music. I love the aesthetic. I love everything about it. I would fucking love to exist in the universe of that film. Um, But I mean, I would want to be in other movies just like hanging out in the background. Like I want to fucking be in like Jane Austen, England and Pride and Prejudice, just wearing those gowns and- Bridgerton. Exactly. So there's a lot. There's a lot of movies I would want to be in. I'm thinking- Honestly? No, (laughs) lie to me. Okay, I'll lie to you. I'll I'll give you a lie. Um, 
this is this is very like left field and fucking weird <laughs> okay but i would love to be a character in down with love i was just <laughs> about to say <laughs> i want to wear the like monochromatic outfits yes. and i want the apartment with the weirdly shaped couch can we do a remake of that movie yeah you and me <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i would want to be a character in down with you'll love. be kim no i want to be like yeah no i want to be like sarah paulson's assistant oh, okay. or something you want to be sarah paulson's assistant yeah 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 yeah. got yeah. it i want to like wear cute outfits and have like a good salary but like have a life you know yeah. what i mean no totally that's and my smoke so many cigarettes and, smoke and not age so many cigarettes and not age and not get those weird lines on your lips that like Correct. happen when you when you purse them too much from cigaretting yeah is that a verb i think the verb is smoking smoking <laughs> <laughs> no smoking cigaretting ah okay anyway anyway that was the show <laughs> and that's our show and that's our show ladies and gentlemen <laughs> well as always don't, Don't sue us, Daddy, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Please. Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>